Bibles to Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 27, and we're going to move rather quickly, but I want to transition from my present series entitled Supernatural into a new series entitled Miracles, and really they go hand in hand, but I want you to look at Mark chapter 10, verse 27, and it says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God, all things are possible. I want you to say with me, all things are possible. Come on, say it again. All things are possible. You see, I, I believe that you can never, ever embrace the supernatural unless you embrace the fact that God is a miracle-working God. You see, you cannot believe in God unless you believe in miracles, and you cannot believe in miracles unless you believe in God. Somebody say amen. We serve a great and mighty God. He's a miracle-working God. And so when you say you believe in God, then you've got to say that you believe in miracles. You see, I still believe in miracles. Why? Because I've seen so many miracles in my life. I remember when I was a Bible student. I was going to Bible college, and I was preparing for the ministry. And there's so many miracles, but this one really stands out in my mind because it was a time in my life where I really needed to see the provision of God in my life. I believe that God wants to provide for us. He's our Jehovah Jireh. And I was in Bible college, and while I was in Bible college, you know, I was kind of working on the side, trying to get some side jobs, but I had run out of money, and as a result of that, they called me into the financial office, and they said, you can't come back after the holiday unless you have $850. I'm thinking to myself, $850. Now, 30 years later, you need $8,500 these years to go to college, right? But they said, you can't come back for your semester unless you have $850. I said, Lord, I don't know where I'm going to get the money, but I'm going to go home for Christmas, and I'm just going to believe you. And I'll never forget the day I came to church on a Sunday morning, and this man came over to me, and he said to me, he said, he said Steve, he said, I wouldn't lose your jacket today. I used to take my jacket and put it on the side. And uh, when I went in the jacket, nobody had told him. Nobody had told him. I didn't tell him that I needed $850. When I went in that jacket, there was exactly $850. God spoke to him. God spoke to him, and I was able to meet my bill. Somebody say God is a, a miracle-working God. Come on, somebody. I believe that God is a healing God. I've seen people healed by the power of God. I remember when I was a youth pastor and we took a group of young people to Paraguay. And we were on the mission field. And on the mission field, you can't just go to the hospital. You know, and this young man, he got a fever, a violent fever. He was just burning up. You could cook, you could fry an egg on his head. It was so hot. And so we gathered around him, and we began to pray, and we said, you know what? We believe that Jesus heals the sick. And so we got those young people to gather around, and we laid hands on him. And I kid you not, instantaneously, just like in the Bible, when Jesus laid his hands upon Peter's mother-in-law, he was instantly healed by the power of God. I saw him rise up and go out and do ministry. Man, it was just incredible, just like the New Testament. I believe that God does miracles of protection. And I thank the Lord that God has protected me several times in my life where I came very close to death when I was 19 years old. And then three years ago, I was on a jet ski. And many of you know this story, but I was on a jet ski. And unfortunately, my brother, he lost track of where I was. And he came right. There's, there's a two, th those are the two jet skis that we were on. And I was on one, the yellow one, with my daughter Julia on the back, just like this. And my brother was on the one in back of me. And he lost, lost track of where I was was and he floored it and he was coming right 
for me. He was heading right for me and miraculously before he could kill me. Those things go about 60 miles an hour on the water. They are torpedoes and he was coming right for me. He was able to just turn the jet sea just a little bit and so that God spared my life. And you know what? Uh, this, this week I went back to Florida and I told my cousin, I said, I want to get on that jet ski again. And I got on the same exact one and I went around the lake and I did a victory lap around the lake saying, thank you Jesus that you know how to protect your children. Come on somebody. God knows how to protect his children. Come on. And uh, so God's a good God. He protects us. You know, I was at the beach this, this week, and, you know, I, I actually went down to Florida to perform a ceremony, a wedding ceremony for my older brother. He lost his wife a couple of years ago, and as a result of that, um, he had met this other young lady, and there, she's a Christian. She loves the Lord, and God is doing a miraculous job and work in my brother's life, and now he's just loving Jesus with all of his heart. He met a Colombian woman, and she loves the Lord, and now he's learning how to say Gloria a Dios and Ros con and all these great things, you know, and so, so I went down there to do the wedding. And uh, so we had a couple of days and we were sitting on the beach and my wife's like, I'm just going to sit on the beach. You go out and do whatever you have to do. You know how I am. I've got to walk around. You know, I get a little sun, get up, walk around, get a little sun, walk. You know, it's just I can't stay still for a, a long time. So I said, I'm just going to go in the water. So I just start going in the water and I'm, I'm about to swim. And all of a sudden I look down and this is not a fish story, ladies and gentlemen. There's a shark swimming right by me. He looked at me and said, that boy is too skinny. No meat, no food. And just took off just like that. Come on, somebody. I think God is a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Now, now I can't tell you that I wasn't afraid. I'm not going to tell you I was that great man of faith. I saw that truck. I was like trying to get out of the water. I got out of the water. I said to my wife, I said, honey, honey, a shark's in the water. A shark's in the water. She goes, I know. I said, how do you know? She goes, I heard you. Now listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife can't hear. She heard me. But I just want to thank the Lord because I have seen so many incredible miracles in my life. I've seen the miracles of provision in my life. I've seen the miracle of physical healing in my life. I've seen the miracle of God protecting me in my life. I've seen the miracle of God giving me peace in the midst of an incredible storm. And how many know that's quite miraculous when you can walk in divine peace even though, you know, everything around you is, 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 is in chaos. So I've seen the miracle working power of God. In fact, I want to ask you a question. How many of you in this room, you have seen the hand of God, you've seen God intervene in your life, and you've experienced a miracle in your life? Come on, stand up. If you have experienced a miracle in your life... How many know that God still does miracles? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. God still does miracles. I want you to sit down. How many of you in this room, you have experienced a miracle of healing in your body? Stand up. Stand up. Come on, give the Lord a glory. Give the Lord glory. Hallelujah. Sit down. How many of you have experienced the miracle of God's provision in your life? You didn't know how, you didn't know when, but God came through. Come on, stand up and give God the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sit down. 
How many of you, you've experienced in your life the miracle of peace that you didn't know how, but you had this peace that transcends all understanding. You were going through a difficult time in your life, but you had peace in your life. Come on, somebody. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you're a good God. So critics, come on down. Atheists, come on down. Non-believers, come on down. Come to Bethlehem Assembly of God and hear about all the miracles that God has done in the lives of God's people. Somebody say amen. See, I believe in miracles because I've seen them. I believe in miracles because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God doesn't change. And if God loved his people in the Old Testament, and God loves his people in the New Testament, then God loves me. He's no respecter of persons. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. Come on, somebody. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. He doesn't lose power. I believe in miracles because this church has been built on a miracle. You see, the pastor who actually built this church, his name was Gerald Moriello. And Pastor Moriello was here for many, many years. And the reason why he became the pastor of this church, the reason why he went into ministry was because he was dying on his deathbed of tuberculosis. Friends, you don't get healed of tuberculosis back then. And he cried out to the Lord. And he said, Lord, if you heal me, God, if you heal my body, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And he stopped being a plumber, and he got into the ministry. He became a pastor, and he served the Lord for many, many years. He himself prayed for many people and saw them get healed by the power of God. I believe in miracles because, listen, the, the Bible is filled with miracles from start to finish. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, you will find dozens of types, different kinds of miracles. The miracle of creation is a miracle. God intervening and creating. He spoke and there was light. He spoke and he created human beings. I believe in God and I believe in miracles because as I see in the scriptures that God is a miracle working God. In fact, the psalmist tells us that he praises the Lord because God is great in miracles. Listen what Psalms 147 says. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Psalms 150, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God at Bethlehem Assembly of God. I said praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Psalm 77, you are the God who performs miracles. You can't believe in God without believing in miracles. Come on, somebody. He said, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power, your dunamis power among your people. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people. In fact, the Bible is filled with such impressive stories about how God intervenes in the lives of his people. You know, I think of Elijah who's praying for rain and God sends the rain. Elijah has no food. The brook runs dry and he has no food. But the Bible says that he prays to the Lord and God sends ravens. 
I think about how God sent the whale and it swallowed up Jonah. I think about how God sent the shark and it didn't like Pastor Steve. I think of the three Hebrew boys that were protected in the fire. I think about how Daniel is rescued from the lion's den. I think of all the miracles that Jesus did in the Word. In fact, there were so many miracles that Jesus did that John says that there's so many miracles that he did that if we, if we tried to write them down, we wouldn't have enough paper to write them down on. Notice what he says in, in John chapter 21, verse 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. And then the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon his disciples. And notice what it said. It said in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought their sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least even Peter's shadow might fall upon some of them as he passed. And crowds gathered together in Jerusalem, and people brought the sick, and all were healed. Everybody say, all were healed. So I believe in miracles. Now, some people would say, why don't we see more miracles in our life? May I suggest to you today that God is always doing miracles in your life? And my heart is that you would open up your eyes to see all of the wonderful things that God does miraculously in your life. C.S. Lewis once said this. He said, miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. You see, God is still at work in this world. God is at work all over this world doing incredible miracles. And C.S. Lewis says miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which are written across the world in letters too large to see. If we could count all the miracles that God has done in our lives, if we can recount all the miracles that God has done at Bethlehem Assembly of God and beyond, we would be here forever and ever because God is a miracle-working God. And Jesus said, not only did, he, that, did the disciples do great miracles, but he said, all those that believe in my name, they will do the same things I did and even greater things because I go to the Father in my name. What did he mean by that? I, I got to tell you, raising the dead is a pretty awesome miracle. And Jesus did that a couple of times. I mean, feeding 5,000 people is a pretty awesome miracle. He did it with five loaves of bread and a couple of sardines. I mean, come on, somebody. That's a pretty impressive miracle. So what could be greater than that? Well, Jesus wasn't talking about the, uh, the size of the miracle, but he was talking about the amount of miracles. Why? Because the truth is, Jesus was confined to 200 miles from his hometown. But now, Jesus Christ lives in every one of his believers. And he sent the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And he's still sending his Spirit upon his people. And the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick. They shall cast out demons. They shall speak in other tongues. You see, the truth is, we are the extension 
of God's miracles in this world. And so he fills us with his spirit. And then exponentially, numerically, we begin to believe God for miracles in our life. And God begins to work through us to touch a lost and dying world. So Jesus said, greater works you will do. Why? Because there's so many of us who believe in miracles. I want you to say with me today, I still believe in miracles. Come on, say it with some New York attitude. I still believe in miracles. So what is a miracle? In the English, the word for miracle comes from the old Latin word miracle or miraculum, which means this, something wonderful, something amazing, something fantastic. The dictionary defines a miracle as an event that appears to be unexplainable by the laws of nature and so must be supernatural in origin or come from God. Listen, listen closely to what Matthew Easton says about miracles. He says, a true miracle is an event in the external world brought about by the immediate agency or the simple volition of God. Operating without the use of means capable of being discerned by the senses and designed to authenticate the divine commission of a religious teacher and the truth of his message. It is an occurrence at once above nature and above man. It shows the intervention of a power that is not limited by the laws either of matter or mind. A power interrupting the fixed law which governed their movements, a supernatural power. The simple and grand truth that the universe is not under the exclusive control of physical forces, but that everywhere and always there is above, separate from, and superior to all else, an infinite personal will, not superseding, but directing and controlling all physical causes, acting with or without them. God ordinarily affects his purpose through the agency of second causes, but he has the power also of affecting his purpose immediately and without the intervention of second causes by invading or intervening in this world in a supernatural a miraculous way. In the Greek, in the New Testament, there are four words for miracles. I want to talk about two of them today. The first word is serenin. And serenin means this. It means that God does something to intervene in this world in a miraculous way to confirm his power and his authority. The word semenian means this. It is a miracle where God demonstrates the supernatural realm so that he can show his authority. The Eastern Bible Dictionary says that this word is a sign from God and it is an evidence of his divine commission and confirmation of the message of the word of God. The second word, which we have heard so many times over and over again, is the word dunamis, dunamis, which means dynamite power. And we find in the scriptures 
in Acts that Jesus says to his disciples, stay in the upper room, position yourself in the upper room until you are clothed with dunamis, power from on high. What does the word dunamis really mean? The word dunamis means strength, ability, and miraculous power. It is used in the New Testament to describe the anointing that was on Jesus when he came to earth. You remember when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that he was baptized in the Jordan River and a dove came down from heaven and a voice said, this is my son. And the Bible says that Jesus was immediately led into the wilderness for 40 days and after he came back from the wilderness, he began his miracle working ministry. Vine's Dictionary says that dunamis is power, inherent ability of a supernatural origin such as could not be produced by natural agents. And so we see these two words at work in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 22. And it says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles. Dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. And wonders and signs. Simeon, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you all know already. The Amplified says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man accredited and pointed out and shown forth and commended and attested to you by God by the mighty works and power. The mighty works, dunamis, and power, dunamis, and wonders, Simeon, and signs which God worked through him right in your midst. So Jesus was attested and confirmed as the Son of God because of his mighty acts and his power. But now we look and we see that the Bible says in Acts that his, his followers were also endued with power from on high and they performed many miracles as well. And it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4, God also bearing them witness both by signs, Simeon, and wonders, and with diverse miracles, dunamis, according to his own will. So in the next several weeks, we're going to talk about miracles. We're going to talk about the miracle of provision. That when we need God to do something in our life, we need God, Jehovah Jireh, to provide for us, that we can believe that God can do a miracle of provision in our life. We're going to talk about physical healing in the next several weeks. And I believe that people are going to be healed of their sickness and their disease. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is in our midst. And if Jesus is here, and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we can expect miracles. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And we're going to talk about the miracle of power in weakness. We're going to talk about how God wants to give us power so that he can work through us and in us to touch a lost and dying world. But this morning, I want to talk to you for just a few short moments about learning how to position ourselves for a miracle. You see, there's one thing I see in the scriptures. I see people who got miracles, and I see people who did not get miracles. I see people that pressed in and received what they needed from God, and I see people that did not press in and did not receive from God. 
I see people that stretch their hands out in faith and receive miracles of God. And I see people, even in Jesus' own hometown, that could not see miracles in their life because they had unbelief and doubt in their life. The Bible says that when Jesus went to his own hometown, he could not do any great miracles except healing a few. Why? Because there was unbelief. They weren't positioned to receive from God. I'm here to tell you today that you can position yourself to receive from God. Somebody say amen. You can position yourself to receive a miracle from God. You see, I'm convinced today that some of you, you need a miracle of provision in your life. And I'm going to teach you how to position yourself to receive provision from God. I believe some of you need a miracle of physical healing in your life. And I'm going to teach you how to position yourself to receive a physical healing in your life. I believe some of you, you just need power. You need power to go on. You need power to preach the gospel. You need power to love God. And I'm going to teach you how to position yourself to receive power so that you can be everything that God wants you to be in your life. But I'm reminded of a story in the Bible of a young man who positions himself to receive a miracle from God. His name is Elisha. Everybody say, shut. Don't say, shut up. Everybody say, shut. Everybody say, shut. Elisha. All right, there is Elijah. Everybody say, Jah. And Elisha. Elijah is a mighty man of God. He is a miracle-working, powerful man of God. And the Bible says that he has a mentoree. He's got a disciple. And what's his name? Not Elijah, but Eli. There you go. And the Bible says that Elijah is getting ready to go home. He's getting ready to go to heaven. There are two people in the Bible that the Lord took before they died. Amen? Those two people were Enoch and Elijah. And the Bible says that God is getting ready to, to take Elijah. In fact, there's a lot of gossip going on, a lot of whispering going on that, that Elijah's going to be taken from God. He's been saying for a long time that God's going to take him in a chariot. And the Bible says the prophets were talking among themselves and they even came to Elisha. And they said to Elisha, you know that the Lord's going to take your, your mentor away from you. And what does Elijah say? Don't talk about it. He didn't want to hear it. But Elijah now is going to test to see whether or not Elisha is the man who's going to receive the double portion, the anointing of God. Let me tell you something. God wants to give you a double portion of his anointing in your life. God wants to fill you with the Spirit. God wants to fill you with miracle-working power. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah! And the Bible says that Elijah says to Elisha, the Lord is going to take me home soon. He said, but I, I, I got to go on a journey. He said, Elijah, you stay here. I'm going to go to Jordan. And what does Elisha say? He says, as, as surely as I live, as surely as the Lord lives, as surely as you live, I'm not letting you go out of my sight. I'm not letting you out of my sight. I'm going to stay right with you. And so they walk a little way, and the Bible says that Elijah says to Elijah, come on, Elijah, just, just go home. He goes, I, I'm getting ready to go. I'm getting ready to go to heaven. You know, just, just go back to your family. And Elijah says, Elijah, as surely as you live, as surely as God lives, I am not going to let you out of my sight. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. He tries it three times on Elisha. And why did Elijah say to Elisha, 
you know what, just go back home. Because I believe that Elijah was testing to see if Elisha was really hungry. He was really hungry to receive of the Lord. You know, the Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus said it this way, Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking until the answer comes. Come on, somebody. Because everyone who asks and keep on asking, everyone who seeks and keeps on seeking, everyone who knocks and keeps on knocking will receive of the Lord what they need. Isn't the Bible, doesn't the Bible say it is impossible to please God? For those who believe in God must believe that he is what? A rewarder of those who what? Diligently. Everybody say diligently. So I want to talk about positioning yourself to receive of the Lord. I want to tell you position number one, you've got to be hungry for God. You've got to be hungry for God. You've got to say, God, I want you more than anything else in my life, God. You've got to run after God. God is moving and you've got to run after him. Why? Because he wants to see how hungry you are. You've got to be desperate after God. As the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord until God blessed him. What, did the, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Jacob said to the angel, I will not let you go until what? You bless me. And friend, you've got to have a want to in your spirit. There are so many times in the scriptures where Jesus comes to a lame man. He comes to a blind man and he says, what do you want me to do? You've got to settle the want to in your heart. You've got to decide in your heart, what do you want from God? You've got to decide whether or not you want to see the power of God in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. Because if you're hungry, you're going to run after God. And Elijah positions himself. He says, I'll not let you go. And notice what happens. The Bible says that, that Elisha takes his cloak and he throws it into the water. And the water is parted, representing the power, the miracle working power. Elijah sees that. And Elijah says to Elisha, hey, listen, I'm going home soon. What is it that you want from God? What is it that you want me to pray for so that you might receive from God? And what does Elijah say? Hey, man, Elijah, you're a mighty man of God. I love seeing all the miracles that you've done, but I want more. Come on, somebody. I want more. Hallelujah. He said, I thank God that you're a miracle-working God. But listen, I don't want just what you have. I want a double portion. Glory to God. You see, Elijah, I believe that God can pour out his spirit upon me. I believe he can open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that I cannot contain. I want the anointing of God, but I want it to so overflow. I want the anointing of God that I want to touch other people's lives. And if you read the scriptures, you'll find in the Bible that Elijah did about two times as much miracles as Elijah did. Why? because he was hungry for God he said I want a double portion of what you've got on your life and here's what happens the Bible says they walk on and then all of a sudden the chariot of God comes from heaven oh my glory man I'm telling you what it would be awesome if I was preaching on a Sunday morning and the chariot of God just came goodbye And the chariot of God came and Elijah said, Lord, the chariot of God and the horsemen are coming. And the Bible says that Elijah was raptured in a moment's time and his cloak fell down. And the Bible says that Elisha received 
what he came, what he asked for, and that was the double portion of God's spirit upon his life. And Elijah took the cloak and he threw it into the water and he said, I want to see the same God. I want to know the same God that Elijah knew. And friend, I want to know the same God of the Old Testament. I want to know the same God of the New Testament, the one that is the same today, yesterday, and forever. I want to see the miracle-working power of God in my life on an ongoing basis. And you know what? I'm thankful for the miracles that God has given me, but I want more. Hallelujah. I want greater miracles. I want to see God do incredible things through my life and in my life. But we've got to position ourselves for that to happen. So we position ourselves by being hungry. We position ourselves by being desperate. And we position ourselves by being available. Listen to me. God doesn't need us. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, God doesn't need you. But he wants to work through you. God doesn't need me. God doesn't need you. But he does want to perform miracles through your life because miracles bring glory to God. The bigger the miracle, the greater the glory. And you see, this, the, the, the key to seeing miracles in our life is simply, listen to me, simply being available to God. You know, we're saved by grace. We're filled with the Spirit by grace. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. You can't go to miracle school and get a diploma on the wall saying, I've gone through miracle school and I've got my degree. You just have to be available to God. See, God's not looking for superstars. God's not looking for theologians. God's looking for people that are available to be used by Him. And you see, when you're available and you say, God, I want miracles not for my glory, but for your glory, for your great name, God. Lord, I want you to work in me so that you might work through me, so that you might get the glory in my life. I'm reminded of the story. We sang about it just a few moments ago, and I'm going to close right now. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible when Jesus goes to a wedding with his mother. Now, Jesus went to a wedding with his mother because he was single. He couldn't find anybody, so he brought his mom. And while they're at this wedding, the Bible says that the wine ran out. Now, I'm not here to talk to you about whether it was fermented or unfermented wine. Here's the deal, folks. I don't believe in drinking alcohol at all. I have not drank alcohol in 30 years, not a sip. I'll tell you why. Because I'm not about to let anybody stumble in my life. And I believe there's a higher law. You might say that I have a right here and I have a right there. Let me tell you something. Paul the Apostle said, if there's anything that I do that will make somebody else stumble, I will never do it again. I have taken a vow that I will never touch a sip of wine again, lest no man would stumble over my life. And if you take the totality of Scripture, not just one Scripture, I know everybody says, well, Jesus turned the water into wine so I can have wine now. Friend, I have a hard time believing that Jesus would turn water into wine and get people drunk. I have to think that that was the common drink of the day. That was the only thing that was available to those people. And I happen to believe that, that somehow, some way, that Jesus would never turn water into wine at a wedding and watch people get drunk. Because the Bible says, be ye not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm not going to get into that right now. What I like about this story is how Mary comes to Jesus 
They run out of wine. And Mary comes to Jesus. Mary is a Jewish mother. Jewish moms are very persuasive. They're a lot like Italian moms and Puerto Rican moms. You know what I'm talking about. And she comes to Jesus and she says, Son, they ran out of wine. And I've been watching you for a couple of months now. And boy, you're pretty good at miracles. Do you think maybe you can help them out with wine? Do you think you can help them out? I mean, you know what? They're going to be embarrassed. There's no drink here. There's nothing for people to drink. And Jesus looks at his mom, and he's not being disrespectful, but he says, Woman, don't you know that my time has not yet come? But somewhere along that, Jesus starts to think, and, and, and Mary knows her son very good. And Mary says to the attendants, Listen, whatever he tells you to do, you listen to him. Whatever he commands you to do, you listen. See, she's got in her mind, she knows her son. And she knows that she was persuasive enough. And so Jesus changes his mind. He thinks to a moment, how in the world am I going to deny my mom? Come on, that's my mother. And so he tells the assistants, get six jugs of wine, uh, water. Now, there is something about these jugs that are very important. Listen to me, look at me as I close right here. These jugs were used to wash people's feet. This was dirty water. This water was water that washed people's hands. This was dirty water. And I'm amazed how God can take dirty water and turn it into clean water. Hallelujah. I'm amazed how God can take a dirty, filthy person like myself and use me for his glory and for his honor. And Jesus says, take six jugs of water and fill them all the way to the top and listen to me and whatever I tell you to do do it and the Bible says that water turned into wine what does that symbolize friends let me tell you what that symbolizes every one of us in this room are vessels that God wants to use you in the balcony you are a water pot you on the main floor downstairs in the cafe we are vessels and you know what we simply have to say to God I'm open God fill me God with your spirit God I'm open God clean me and wash me and I'll be made whole and God use me for your glory and for your honor and so you've got to be hungry you've got to be desperate you've got to come to God in faith next week we're going to talk about how faith positions ourselves to receive a miracle from God but today I'm here to tell you that the only way you can receive a miracle from God is when you're totally available to God to say God it's not about me it's not about my kingdom it's about your glory and you position yourself to receive from God when you get to that place in your life get ready get ready for God to do great miracles in your life why because he can entrust you with his kingdom Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Lord, I might not be the most intelligent. Lord, I might not be the fastest, the smartest, but God, I'm available. God's not looking for theologians. God's not looking for great, great, incredibly, incredibly intelligent people. What he's looking for is people that are simply available to him. Would you bow your heads right now? 
in the name of Jesus I pray God that you would do a work in this place God in our hearts first God not not externally but internally God that God that we would believe that if we simply make ourselves available to you God that God that you'll fill us with your miracle working power dunamis power God that Lord you'll begin a new work in our life God so God I thank you today that Lord Jesus as we need a miracle God we're gonna step into our miracle we're gonna position ourselves for a miracle by being desperate by saying God no matter what it takes God I'm gonna run after you with all my heart if you're here today right here in this place and you would say to me pastor Steve I need a miracle I need a miracle of provision in my life I want you to stand right now I want you to stand right now I need a miracle of provision in my life I want you to stand right now pastor Steve I need a miracle I need a physical miracle in my life I want you to stand right now I need a physical miracle in my life I want you to stand right now I need a miracle of power in my life pastor Steve I need to love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. I need His power in my life. I need His Spirit in my life. I want you to stand on your feet right now. I need a miracle of peace in my life. I'm going through a storm in my life. I'm going through a trial in my life. I want you to stand right now. I need peace in my life. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I need peace in my life. I want you to stand on your feet right now. I want you to throw up your hands right now and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you're a miracle-working God. Thank you, God, that you're a miracle-working God. And Lord, we're going to position ourselves, God, not for our own glory, but for your glory and honor, Father God. We thank you, Lord. If you're standing to your feet right now and you say you need a miracle, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I don't need a miracle of provision. I don't need a miracle of, of, of physical healing. What I need is a miracle of God healing my heart. I need to know that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I need to get right with God today. I need Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. I want to be that water jar. I want to be that vessel that is filled with clean water. I need to get right with God today. I want you to stand on your feet right now. I want you to stand on your feet in the balcony, wherever you are. I need to get right with God today. In a moment, we're going to begin to worship the Lord. And there's some altar workers that are going to come and they're going to pray for you. They're going to lay hands on you. They're going to pray for you. But if you're here today and you're standing and you say, I need a miracle from God. I want you to get out of your seat right here and come, come right here and, and, and join me right here. If you're saying, I need a miracle from God, I want you to come and position yourself before God and say, God, I am available, God. Lord, it's not about me. It's about you, God. I'm available. Come on, come on. Get out of your seat right now and position yourself before God and say, God, I'm here, God. I need a miracle, God. I need a miracle, God. I want you to throw your hands up towards the heaven and I want you to say, God, I position myself, God. Lord, it's not about me Lord it's about your kingdom God it's about your glory if you're in the balcony come down from the balcony and come here right here in the front of this altar and say God I'm positioned at this altar God 
God, it's not about me, God. It's not about what I need, God. It's about what you can do through my life, God. And I'm first surrendering my life to you. You might be a Christian. You might be a Christian for many years, but you're backslidden today. I want you to come and say, God, I need a miracle. And I'm going to position myself, God. No matter what happens, God, no matter the timing of the miracle, God, Lord, it could take a year, it could take 10 years, whatever, but I, I'm going to give you my life, God. I'm going to position myself. God, listen, folks, it starts with surrender. It starts with an attitude that says, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about my kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's about his glory. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Everything you need. If you need Jehovah Jireh to provide provisions for you, he'll do it when you're seeking his kingdom first. If you need a healing in your body, he'll do it when you're seeking his kingdom first. If you need a healing of protection or a miracle of protection, whatever it is, he'll do it when you're safe in the palm of his hand. Come on. I want you to raise your hands right now as, as, as high as you can. And I want you to position yourself. Say, Father, I am positioned. Come on. Father, I am positioned to receive from you, God. Father, I am positioning myself with humility. Come on, with humility. I'm nothing without you, Father. I can't do anything without you, Father. I acknowledge you are a miracle-working God. I humble myself. Come on, just humble yourself right now. I humble myself, God, before you, God. And I acknowledge you are God in my life. God, forgive me for going my own way, doing my own thing, trusting in my own power. I humble myself. I position myself, God. And I make myself wholly available. Work in me. First do the work in me. And then work through me. For your glory. And for your honor. Lord, keep me hungry. Keep me desperate. Wherever you go, I will go. I will follow. Thank you, God. Lord, I'm open. And I'm available. Fill me now. Fill me now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, raise your hands. We're going to come and pray for you right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. I, I believe the Holy Spirit is here today. And I believe He wants to work in your lives. We're going to have some people pray over you right now. So I want you to keep your hands stretched towards heaven and let the Holy Spirit begin to work in your life. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now for your anointing in this place right now. We thank you for your miracles, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your anointing, God. Thank you for your anointing, God. Thank you for your anointing, God. 
Turn into wine, Father. I thank 